Welcome. You're listening to the Consensus State Change Podcast, an interview series inspired by the emerging decentralization phenomenon. All right, kicking off the new year with the man, the legend, Amin Soleimani. Thanks for joining me, Amin. Thanks for having me, Arthur. <laughs> um, so w- what do you do at, uh, at Consensus, Amin? Like, you just kind of wander around the office looking confused most of the time. But uh, from what I understand, you're doing some research into state channels. Yes, my official title is a decentralization laser gun, but I don't shoot very many people. Uh, mostly, I work on state channels implementations, and I was working on the energy project, Cotricity. Uh, tell us a bit about state channels. What are they? What's a state channel, man? Yeah, state channels are a really interesting design pattern. It's it's, and when I say design pattern, I mean sort of like model view controller. It can be implemented in a lot of different ways, but fundamentally. It allows you to use the blockchain as a settlement layer for off-chain contracts. One example is simply you implement a payment channel. And what that means is that you can have payments in one direction from person A to person B to pay for streaming services like music or Wi-Fi. And none of the intermediate transactions need to be recorded on the blockchain, only the final settlements do. Okay, so what advantage does that afford? Yeah, so the advantage that you get by using state channels is that your transactions are private, they cost no gas, and they take place instantly. It's just like sending another internet message. And you can get additional privacy by going through proxy hubs and doing your transactions through uh, two-hop state channels. Um, These channels can be linked together to form networks and the foremost uh, development of this is being done through Raiden. Bitcoin has their lightning network and with Raiden you can send any type of token to else on the network instantly um, at the speed of the internet so within several hundred milliseconds. Okay, so we've uh, we've like we've leapt way ahead. Now we've got uh, we've got Mortal Combat. We've got crazy weather patterns. What is the difference between making a transaction through a state channel versus making a transaction on an uh, on a blockchain network? And then once we've gone through that, let's start looking at actual state channel networks and uh, and getting an idea of, of what they are and how they work. The difference between sending a transaction on a blockchain and sending a transaction over a state channel is that when you send a transaction over a blockchain, you broadcast it publicly and you have to wait a certain number of block times for everyone else on the blockchain to accept your transaction as final and um, it's publicly visible and there's normally a transaction fee. So in Ethereum, it would cost you gas. In Bitcoin, you would have to pay miners a a fee for processing your transaction. When you send a transaction on a state channel, then you have the advantage that it's private between you and the person that you're sending it to, and that it doesn't cost you anything 
because it's just a normal internet message. The key difference is that you provide a digital signature and you make this digital signature using the same private key that is associated with your uh, the address that you created the channel in the first place with. And so in order to create a channel, you need to go to the blockchain and deposit some funds with some other party. Is it like a bond or like a, uh, a, um, an account balance kind of? Exactly. And so I would say, okay, I go to the Ethereum blockchain and I have created a channel with Arthur and now I have a certain amount of funds that I've deposited that only can be used to send to Arthur. And once I've done that, I can send you any amount of funds any number of times. So if, let's say, I deposit 10 Ether on a smart contract with you, a smart contract managing the state channel, then I would be able to go and, uh, you know, if you buy me a sandwich and I forget my wallet, I would be able to pay you back using this channel and instead of broadcasting this message to pay you back let's say one ether for the sandwich across the entire ethereum network i would just send you personally a signed message saying our updated balance is that arthur you now have nine ether in our channel and i have one. Ah, oh, so what it is is like you just give me a pre-signed transaction that i can use to redeem the uh the balance exactly at any time you can take the signed transaction that I've sent you and broadcast it to the blockchain. Now, in Bitcoin, you're actually sending signed transactions um, in Ethereum and, and just not broadcasting them. In Ethereum, the, the signed messages that you're transferring back and forth in a state channel are not signed transactions, but the advantage is that you program the smart contract to be able to understand and interpret and act on the messages that you're sending back and forth. So essentially what you're doing when you're programming state channels in Ethereum is that you're defining a new communication protocol. And so then you can use those signed messages so long as they follow that protocol. I, I'm not sure how this works in Bitcoin, but on Ethereum, the funds are locked up on the smart contract, so you can no longer drain the account. So you have already set aside 10 Ether with the person that you are opening a channel with. And those 10 Ether are in a smart contract, and so you can't access them anymore until you provide a message signed by uh, you and the counterparty to that smart contract that will release those funds. And so what about what about me? So say we're, we have a, uh, a two-way exchange going on. So I can do the same, and then we can just have two... Okay, I mean, is this... Uh, is this fundamentally a one-way thing no this can be a two-way thing so we can both put down ether or money or tokens of any sort on a smart contract for example if we both put down 10 ether then we can make private updates to this balances just ourselves and i can have 11 and you can have nine and then sometime later i can have eight and you can have 12 and this can go on and back and forth until we're ready to close and settle our channel with each other. And then we would send a final message to the blockchain to close the channel. And then the final uh, balances are sent to us according to the, the last balance state. 
I can see how this works for financial transactions. What about uh, interactions between uh, applications? Yeah, so one of the advantages of Ethereum is that it's far more general than Bitcoin. And in the same sense, you can program applications to run on state channels. So a simple example would be chess, more complicated. Uh, I'm sorry, a simpler example would be tic-tac-toe, more complicated one would be chess. But ideally, you would be able to have two people put down money and start making chess moves, and the rules of chess would be encoded into the smart contract. So if either player was to make an invalid move and sign it, the other player would be able to show that they are cheating and uh, win the game by default. Now, the advantage of doing it this way is that the blockchain doesn't get bogged down by all the moves you're making because you can only report the final move, the final uh, victory state to the blockchain at the end of the game and be rewarded with your funds. And if the other player does not respond or goes offline, you can start broadcasting the moves to the blockchain based on where they left off. And if they don't respond within a set period of time, you also win by default. What about like real world applications? Now, I understand chess is sort of real world, but I don't play chess because I think it's boring. I mean, you said you were working on the energy project Cotricity, which is now called Energy, I believe. Uh, You can probably correct me if I'm wrong. Did state channels have any relevance to that project? State channels would have had relevance to that project eventually. State channels are still early. Um, the We're waiting on Raiden and other implementations, but absolutely state channels would have been used. The, the place that they would have most been useful is building decentralized exchanges um, to facilitate peer-to-peer energy transfer within a neighborhood, within a region, uh, within a city. And so you, you can imagine that you have these sort of hierarchical energy markets where each energy market follows the essentially the voltage uh, at that tier of the grid. And so uh, each neighborhood would have had its own energy market. And if it wasn't able to supply its own energy, then it would buy energy from the market one level above it, and if it had surplus, it would sell energy to the market one level above it, and so forth until you have the whole country of, of Germany. And so that, that was sort of the vision, and the reason that you want to use something like state channels for this is because you get a much faster um, on-chain, m- much faster uh, sales and, and marketplace operations uh, for selling these energy futures. Because you're not waiting for those block times. Exactly. And it's cheaper so you can make smaller trades, right? Like you've got your micro payments and stuff like that. Uh, you've, still got to, you've still got to open the channel though. So see, this is something that kind of confused me about it is that you have to still open the state channel. So you can do micro payments, sure, but you've got to pay a whole bunch of money to open it and a whole bunch of money to close the channel. Sure, it's not big now, but ultimately we will see Expen- we will see you know more expensive uh, more expensive transaction fees presumably certainly that's on the roadmap for Bitcoin uh, so how does uh, how do you get around that uh, that situation where you have to pay so much money to open these channels uh, the way you get around that is 
uh, you try and keep the channel open for as long as possible. And alternatively, you try to have as few channels as possible. And so this sort of has to do with the emergent network topology that you might see, and that's a more centralized one. Because if you can imagine that there's sort of two extremes of how the network can form. On one hand, everybody has a channel open with everybody else. On the other hand, you have everybody has a channel with some big central supernode. And the number of channels in the case that everybody has a channel open with the supernode is um, n channels for everybody besides the supernode, and uh, so n minus 1. And then in the other case, you have um, n times n minus 1 over 2, so uh, significantly more. And so if you only have a channel open with uh, some central supernode, then you can keep it open for a long time and trade with everyone else that is connected to the same node that you were connected to. Now, this is just sort of a point to the extremes. I don't think it'll actually be uh, centralized um, significantly. I think it'll eventually have uh, more central nodes, maybe 5, 6, 10, 20, that manage... Um, certain clusters of users, so one for your neighborhood, one for the the level above um, the the city, the region, and so by being connected with one or two nodes, you can actually be just a few hops away from everybody else in the network, and that means that you won't have to be creating new channels all the time with other people. You can trade through the existing channels that you have. Part of the reason I think state channels are so interesting is that one of the original dreams of cryptocurrency was to enable micropayments. Uh, I know, uh, you know, that's uh, it's a it's a kind of a really powerful solution for say, you know, pay per click advertising or uh, or paying for content or music as you consume it, uh, rather than on a subscription or uh, or an outright purchasing. Uh, you know, model. So, but but the problem, of course, that we've seen uh, with uh, with Bitcoin and and presumably we'll see it as well with with Ethereum is that the cost of sending a transaction through the network is actually pretty high. I mean, you got to pay for it to be processed by a thousand nodes, and uh, and and so it just doesn't really lend itself to those. You know, if you've got a transaction fee of say fifty cents, that's too much to be paying for a paying fifty cents every time you want to listen to a song. So the solution, really, it sounds like using state channels is to have a basically a subscribership model where you pay to have a, ch- a ch- open a channel with one of these uh, super nodes, and that super node's job is to have nodes with all of the services that you want to use. So say we've got. Uh, 20 supernodes that cover all major transactions that all major uh, channels that we would want to have open, we can then use that to uh, send money to everyone on Facebook, things like that. Is that, uh, am I pretty much uh, along the right track? Yeah, I think you, you've nailed it. I think that would be a hugely valuable service that could be provided relatively easily to this space. So what you described is a world where uh, you may have your music streaming service and they run their own node and you can connect directly to them or you can go through one of your own preferred providers. And so your uh, preferred provider could be the super node. They would already have connections on beh- on your behalf 
with this music streaming provider. It could be content that you're seeing on the internet, that you're reading articles. It could be for video. Um, you could also have similar engagements with um, API providers. So like right now you need um, just to get some data out of an API, you need to sign up to make an account uh, and, and go through all these steps. Uh, whereas if they were able to meter you and just allow you to pay as you go, then you could have a much looser relationship and just get the data you need when you need it and go through and without having to create new channels every time, just go through the provider that you have because the assumption is that they will have done you the service and created all these channels for you on your behalf. So it really lends itself to the micropayment model and, and what I mentioned earlier about not having uh, not needing accounts with every service you use is, I think, a way to, uh, it's going to make it a lot easier to do business. Don't state channels reduce the, uh, the, the strength of those interactions? Actually, no. State channels don't reduce the strength of high-value transactions as they would otherwise be on blockchain. Because the way you program state channels is to write out all the rules on the blockchain first. And so what that means is that when you are in a state channel making these updates with somebody else, if maybe it's I pay you, maybe it's I make a move in chess, then I absolutely have to follow the rules or else you can um, arbitrate this dispute on chain and I will lose. And I know I will lose because I can run the same transaction that I'm making, the same state update in the channel against a, for example, off-chain uh, EVM or, or blockchain node and see exactly what the outcome is going to be. And so you can secure the state channels with the blockchain and the threat of the blockchain is enough to not actually have to use it for every transaction. And so what state channels allow you to do is they allow you to make many, many times more of the trusted, secure transactions that the blockchain allows you to do without having to do them on the blockchain because you know that you have the blockchain as a backstop. In this, uh, in the way that you describe it, it sounds like the blockchain is essentially a court. Blo the state channel performs the role of solicitor. <laughs> and then if there's a disagreement, uh, that can be referred to the much more expensive process of actually going to court to, to solve. That's exactly right. The blockchain is the sort of transparent, deterministic courtroom. And once you disagree with somebody in a state channel contract, then you can take it to court, which is taking it to chain and fight it out there. Uh, and, and the advantage is that you actually know exactly how it's going to end up before you even go there. So most of the time, you probably won't have to do it. Fantastic. This sounds great. I, uh, I look forward to continuing this conversation over a state channel. We'll leave it open then. <laughs> Thanks for listening to State Change. Check out consensusmedia.net for more.